It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. We are talking Tigers here on uh, the week that uh, pitchers and catchers report to Lakeland, Florida. And our own Jason Beck is already down there. The Prince of Polk County, they call him. Beck, uh, first of all, welcome back to Lakeland. Uh, I got a question for you. Tiger Town renovations, what's going on there? Because one of the great old school spring training environments. What's, uh, what, what are the updates there? Well, if I hadn't uh, retreated in my car, I could have just held the phone up and had you hear the construction going on in the background. <laughs> it, it would have been quite loud, actually. Yeah. Uh, they are building, well, I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff here, but right now the big thing is they are building a three-story complex in the right field corner that's going to house the clubhouse administration building and I think some other offices and it is a massive building it's I mean it stretches from the uh, the corner all the way out towards right center field I mean it's big uh, that's the big thing going on right now um, there's they're not doing anything with the seats for now but once spring training wraps up, they're going to knock down some other stuff and extend the seating down the foul lines. Uh, they've already done some work in the um, on the back complex. They've got a giant new uh, batting cage building up, um, kind of towards uh, you know out further beyond right field since they had to knock down the old building to put up the administration building and all that stuff. Uh, they converted one of the four practice fields out back to artificial turf so that they can do some work out there regardless of the weather. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of changes going on. It's, it means, understandably, it's a multi-million dollar project. It's, uh, it's, it's going to include, I believe it's still supposed to include the building of a concourse that goes all the way around. So... It's still going to have an old-school type feel to some extent, but it's really getting a modernization to where it's not going to be quite like a big corporate complex like what you might see in Tampa or Arizona, but it's going to feel a little bit more modern than it has. Well, you got to keep up with the times. We know that, um, I'm sure, not at the expense of, of some of that charm, uh, Tigertown, because it is a great place to go catch a spring game, and uh, the Tigers, not a tremendous amount of uncertainty with regard to their roster, but there are some interesting uh, storylines as, as we head into camp. Uh, Beck, you wrote a bit about Cameron Maben, uh, once the Tigers' center fielder of the future. A decade later, he's trying to be their center fielder of the present. What's that going to take? Because obviously uh, the 
the acquisition of Justin Upton late in the game this winter uh, sort of changed things for Maven. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That was one of the things we talked with uh, Brad Osmus about this morning. Uh, since he just rolled in and we all just rolled in, uh, you know, we got a first session out of the way. And one of the things he had said was that, that he's not necessarily looking for this to be a strict lefty righty platoon. And it might not even be a platoon at all. They might be looking to get, you know, somebody to, uh, you know, one of these guys to play the spot full time in center. Uh, and that might be an advantage for me since he's, since he's more of the veteran guy and since he has a little bit more of a track record as a as a hitter and as an everyday hitter than uh, Anthony Ghost has got. Um, I mean, if Maven's healthy, I mean, we've seen what he can do. He, he's a very athletic center fielder. He covers a ton of ground. I think he's a better defender than what the metrics say. Uh, he's a guy who I think you can hand the spot and feel like he's going to be able – to, to hint for day in and day out chores if he's healthy. He, he's definitely still confident in himself. He's said, you know, really dating back to uh, the Winter Caravan and Tiger Fest, that he's more mature now. He's a little bit older. He's more experienced. And he feels like that plays to his advantage as far as, you know, being a better player than, than he was when the Tigers last remember him, when he was a hot shot prospect. And when some of us were covering him as a guy who was going to push Curtis. Curtis Granderson out from center field and move him to left. Uh, for those of us who remember that far back, um, he's going to be interesting to watch. Though I think he he brings a ton of athleticism. He's still not that old. I, I think he turns 29 in April or May. Still a young guy for all that that experience, and uh, he's going to be an intriguing guy to watch, even if it's you know not necessarily is a uh, high profile of uh, positional battles, other battles you have going on across the league. Yeah, they're, uh, like I said, not a whole lot here um, from, the, from the battle standpoint. The last rotation spot, are we basically going in on the assumption that Daniel Norris is to lose? Yeah, you know, Osmus talked a little bit about that, too. You know, he's talking about you know, Norris is the candidate with uh, Buck Farmer, Shane Green, Matt Boyd, you know, they're going to look at Michael Fulmer as a uh, starting candidate, although you know, Brad admitted that you know, more likely if Fulmer was going to make this team out of camp, he'd be more likely to do it as a reliever than as a starter. But at the same time, you know, Brad doesn't want to forget about Shane Green. They say that you know, he was saying this morning that they don't want to have him as a forgotten man because they remember what he did at the outset last season, you know, really kind of taking the league by storm before he struggled and that there's, there's at least a sense of feeling that uh, part of those struggles had to do with that nerve issue that he had going on that eventually ended the season in, uh, in early August. So they don't want to forget about him. They don't want to write him off as a starting candidate, even if he's not necessarily a front runner for that fifth spot, uh, they want to see what he looks like. I, I think he's one of the guys that Brad wants to see the most here and kind of see what he's got now that he's healthy. And now that, you know, presumably all those uh, nerve issues and that ulnar neuritis is supposedly behind him. 
But, but I do think that given what Norris was able to do down the stretch last season and given that even with that cancer scare that the cancer surgery was relatively minor, I think it's fair to look at him as the, the likely candidate to win that spot. You mentioned uh, Michael Fulmer as a potential candidate in the bullpen. Uh, regarding that bullpen, two questions. One, how many spots do you think are available there? And two, do you think there's any possibility Bruce Rondon can, can win these guys back over and win a job in that bullpen? Uh, to answer the first part first, Brad's talking about having two spots open for competition. He admits, though, that given how uh, Drew Verhagen looked down the stretch last season, that he would probably have an inside track on one of those spots as long as he's healthy and effective. That, that he would be the, the front runner for one spot, which would leave you know one last spot, you know, really truly wide open in, in a spot where you could have a number of guys as candidates, Fulmer included, Shane Green potentially included, uh, Buck Farmer potentially included. Uh, as far as Bruce Rondon, yeah, that's the big mystery. Um, it's he's got to win guys back. I think. We're at that point now where, you know, I feel like we've talked like talked about this before. Bruce Rondon, you know, we're now three years in since he was labeled as the closer to the future, and a guy who was, I mean, it was three years ago that he was supposedly the front runner for the closer's job. And it's amazing to think that far back. You know, he's now mid twenties. Um, we're getting to the point now where it's. You don't want to say it's now or never, but he's. I think the time to look at him as a prospect is, is just about done. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's got to make a big league spot out of the camp. If anything, I think he's got to really show a lot, not just on the mound, but off of it to really earn the trust back. How does he react to being just another candidate. How does he react to having to show something here? He, he did not exactly react well once he got pushed out of that closer spot down the stretch last season. You know, he's got to show a lot of maturity, both in the baseball sense and the personal sense. Uh, I think he can win guys over if he really has a really strong camp. Uh, you know, he had a strong camp last year. I think people forget he, he was on the verge of winning a spot when the um, you know, when he had that uh, biceps tendonitis going into the the back half of you know. In fact, I can still remember it. He they wanted to see how he reacted throwing on back to back days, kind of see how the arm reacted, and he came up with biceps tendonitis that second day. And it was supposedly going to be just a, a two-week, you know, minimum DL thing, and it ended up costing him two months. And he was he, he really never quite bounced back from it as, as far as getting that role back that, that he was looking to gain. Even even once he became the closer in the wake of the Joaquin Soria trade, it wasn't the same. So, you know, it really ended up being a lost season in a lot of ways for him. He's got to get that back, and uh, he's got some work to do. We, uh, I haven't seen him here, but you know, he's uh, they're going to be watching him. That's for sure. 
All right, Jason Beck's all over it. Oh, Beck, you're a man of great style and taste. I want. I gotta get your opinion on the navy jerseys. The Tigers are gonna be wearing navy jerseys for the first time this spring. Yeah, that's uh, you know for those of us who've been covering this team for a few years, and I think for fans who have watched them, you know, been down in spring training for a number of years, it's gonna be in a big transition. This is a team where I I want to say they were the last team to really stick with their traditional look in spring training. This is a team that for years was home whites, road grays. And, I mean, it wasn't really even until a couple years ago that they started wearing blue tops on workout days. That's how traditional this club was. So this is big for them. And I'm going to be curious to see how fans react to it. Yeah. To you know, just by judging off of Twitter, which I know is, is a really good snapshot of, of society <laughs> as a whole, uh, but you get the mixed reactions. There are some fans who say it's been overdue, that they'd like to see blue tops even during the regular season, maybe on road games, and there are other fans who you know really are, are kind of uh, approaching this with some trepidation. Because they like the traditional look, they love the clean white jerseys, especially against the backdrop of the bright Florida sun. So <laughs> it, it's going to be—I'm going to be curious because it's—I think part of it's going to be a snapshot of the spring training crowds too. Because for some games that they wear these, it's an older, more traditional crowd, especially on some of the weekday afternoon games. I don't know how they're going to react to it. By contrast, I think once you get to like early to mid March, you get some of the big the, the spring break crowds coming in. It might be a completely different reaction. So it's it's going to be something worth following, and I'm definitely going to be kind of watching it. And uh, it's I, I think all a lot of us are going to be curious about how this is because this is such an underrated but big significant change for this franchise, and it could be. A harbinger of things to come. Uh, you, know, you you might even be able to look at it as a test run for for maybe a third jersey sometime down the line during the regular season. That would certainly rock the foundation of the uh, of the of the clothing at the major league level because they are uh, definitely a team of great tradition there. And Beck, as always, great analysis of all things uh, athletic and apparel related. Uh, That was good stuff. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.